It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, this is Dylan Short, host of Locked On Braves, and you're listening to Locked On Yankees. Welcome to the Locked On Yankees podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Stacey Gotsoulias, and I'm the host of Locked On Yankees. You can find us on Twitter at Locked On Yankees, all one word. You can find me on Twitter at Stace Gotts. Please feel free to tweet questions or comments to either account. If you're a new listener, hello and welcome. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. I hope you all enjoy today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know I love celebrating anniversaries, and today we're looking back at a Subway Series game from 15 years ago tonight. I will also update you on any news from Major League Baseball regarding the impending start of the 2020 season, but first you can get Locked On Yankees and all other Locked On podcasts straight to your phone in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Yankees. 15 years ago tonight, it was a Sunday night because, God forbid, a Subway Series game was not played on a Sunday night in the mid-2000s. Start time was 8.09. The attendance was 55,327, of which my seats took up four of those people, because I was there with my father, my brother, and my then-best friend. There's a story there, too, but let me get through the uh, lineups first. For the Amazing Mets... Jose Reyes, Mike Cameron, Carlos Beltran, Mike Piazza, Cliff Floyd, David Wright, Chris Woodward, Ramon Castro, Marlon Anderson, and your starter was Chris Benson. For the Yankees, Derek Jeter, Tony Womack, Gary Sheffield, Alex Rodriguez, Hideki Matsui, Jason Giambi, Robinson Cano, John Flaherty, oh, I know why, Kevin Reese. Randy Johnson was starting. He was... Flaherty was his personal catcher back then, because I don't think Johnson got along with Posada. Which is funny to think about, because there were a bunch of pitchers that didn't get along with Jorge Posada. Oh well. The umps for the night. Oh dear. <clears throat> Home plate, Jerry Crawford. First base, C.B. Buckner. Second base, Phil Cuzzy. Third base, Ed Rapuano. I'm a quarter Italian. Why do I have trouble saying Italian names? I don't get it. Anyway, start time weather was 79 degrees. It was warm that night. And I've told this story before, but I have to tell it again because it's hilarious. At the time, I was living in Manhattan. I was living in the Inwood section of Manhattan. So I would hop on the A train, go to 145th Street, cross over, take the B or the D uptown to Yankee Stadium. At the time, my brother was living at home. My best friend was still living at home in Rockland County. So my dad, my brother, and my best friend all came down together. We would usually meet where all the train stairs converged when you're coming up from the B and the D and coming down from the four because they would park at Woodlawn and take the four down to Yankee Stadium. So that's where we met. 
Now keep in mind, I'm a nearly 46-year-old woman, which means I was 30 at this game. And as I said, it was 79 degrees at game time, so it was a warm day. I wore a tank top to the game because I knew I wouldn't be cold that night. And my father scolded me as if I were 15 years old. And the funny part is the tank top wasn't even really revealing. It wasn't like I was showing off a ton of cleavage. I actually wasn't showing off any cleavage, if we're being honest. I I think he just, I don't know, he just flipped out. But he flipped out at both me and my best friend. (laughs) And we both felt like we were 15 years old. It It was hilarious. But anyway... So we go up to our normal seats, um, box 623, row C, seats five through eight. That's where I sat at Yankee Stadium from 1999 to 2008. I loved those seats. I miss those seats. It's funny, when the new stadium opened up, I really liked the new stadium because it was new and it was clean and, you know, you could put your purse on the ground in the bathroom without worrying about having some sticky unknown film stuck to it. But now that we're, you know, 11 years out from the opening of the new stadium, I do miss the old place. I miss how the old upper deck hung over the field. That's what made it so intimidating because you had all the crazy people sitting in the upper deck, me being one of them. And we were really loud and it's it's not the same. Now, I'm not saying it's not loud at the new stadium because if you watch clips from, oh, from the Raul game. When he hit the two home runs, I mean, the place nearly exploded. So it's not as if New Yankee Stadium isn't loud. It's just, it's different. Okay, so top of the first, Randy Johnson pitches a 1-2-3 inning. Bottom of the first, Tony Womack hits a single, but everyone else either hits a ground out or a pop fly, A-Rod pop fly to second base to end the inning. So the scoring didn't start until the top of the third. Ramon Castro hit a single, Marlon Anderson hit a double that advanced Castro to third, and Jose Reyes hit a ground out to short that allowed Castro to score. So it was one nothing Mets at that point. That's all they get that inning. Everything was quiet until, well, how come I don't remember this game being that quiet? Maybe I do. Okay, I remember something that happened during that game. There was a Cracker Jack vendor at Yankee Stadium in 05, who was drop-dead gorgeous. He was really good-looking. And my best friend noticed him at a game a few weeks earlier. So we were hoping that he was working near our section that night. And it turns out he was. And I remember I took a very horrible, blurry picture with my circa 2003 flip phone. (laughs) I can remember it clearly. It was such a bad picture because we wanted to show our friends because we kept gushing about how good looking this Cracker Jack vendor was. And yeah, I'm I'm picturing him right now. It's 15 years later. And yeah, yeah. So while the game was boring, we had something else to look at because we're women and we like looking at good looking guys. We can't help it. So before we get back to the game action, after that rousing story of a hot Cracker Jack vendor. Let's talk about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. 
They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So a funny thing happened when I went to BuiltBar.com yesterday to reorder my favorite flavors, mint brownie delight, salted caramel chocolate, and coconut almond. Um, Two of those three flavors were sold out. Now there's a part of me that would like to believe that my listeners have actually been hearing what I'm saying about Built Bar, believing my words about how good they are, and ordering those flavors. Now, the other part of me is annoyed that two of the three flavors that I love so much were sold out and I couldn't get any of them, but that just meant that I could order another flavor. So in their stead, I ordered double chocolate mousse, which I believe I tried when I got my first sampler box, and that was pretty good. So if you go to BuiltBar.com today, you'll get 50% off anything you order. And we still have our promo code as well. So if you put in the promo code Locked On, you'll get $10 off your first order in addition to the 50% off. Some of the flavors are sold out, but there are still a bunch of good flavors left. So go today, order your boxes. Again, you can do a sampler where you get different flavors and you can pick out your own favorite, or you can build your own box. You pick three flavors, you get six bars each flavor for a total of 18. Again, go to BuiltBar.com, put in the promo code Locked On, and get $10 off your first order. Now, where did we leave off? Oh, right. Bottom of the sixth. Gary Sheffield reached on an error by the third baseman, David Wright. Right? <laughs> that was funny. Anyway. Alex Rodriguez hit a single that advanced Sheffield to second. Hideki Matsui hit a fly ball to left. The runners didn't advance. Jason Giambi walked the bases loaded. Then Robinson Cano hit a ground out where there was a force out at second. Sheffield scored. A-Rod made it to third. Jorge Posada pinch hit for John Flaherty and hit a fly ball to end the inning. So it was tied 1-1 at that point. The very next inning... Randy Johnson is still in the game. Cliff Floyd hits a pop fly to short left field that's caught by Jeter. David Wright hits a single to center. While Chris Woodward is up, Wright is caught stealing. Then Woodward hits a double. Ramon Castro, let's see, it says walk, wild pitch, Woodward to third. I'm trying to remember what happened there. Marlon Anderson reached on an E4. Woodward scored. Castro made it to second. Then Tom Gordon came in to replace Randy Johnson. Jose Reyes hit a single that scored Castro, scored Anderson, and the Mets went up 4-1. Mike Cameron hit a fly ball to end the inning. So three runs on three hits, two errors by the Yankees. Nice job, guys. Um, (laughs) 
Bottom of the seventh, Bernie Williams pinch hits for Kevin Reese. He walks. Aaron Heilman comes in to replace Chris Benson. Derek Jeter, while Derek Jeter is up, Heilman balks. Bernie Williams gets to second. Jeter hits a single. Bernie scores. Ruben Sierra comes in to pinch hit for Tony Womack, and he strikes out swinging. Gary Sheffield hits a ground out, but Jeter gets to third. A-Rod hits a single to left. Jeter scores. Royce Ring comes in to replace Aaron Heilman. And Matsui hits a ground out to end the inning. So it's 4-3 Mets at that point. So after a quiet eighth and a quiet top of the ninth, the bottom of the ninth happens. Braden Looper replaces Roberto Hernandez pitching. Tino Martinez comes in to pinch hit for Russ Johnson. He leads off the inning with a walk. A-Rod hits a double, and Martinez makes it to third. Hideki Matsui is intentionally walked. And then Jason Giambi, my man, hits a single to right field. Actually, when it was uh, right center field, I remember it. I'm picturing it in my mind right now. And both Tino and A-Rod score. The game is over, 5-4. Yankees walk off. And this was a big deal for Jason Giambi because he had hit a walk-off 11 days earlier against the Pirates because this was the season when they were threatening Giambi with sending him back to the minors in May. He didn't want to do it. Tino Martinez had that hot start where he was hitting home runs all the time and it looked like Jason Giambi was the odd man out. And then he suddenly started hitting. And this was the precursor to the incredible July of 2005 that Giambi had. So he hits the walk-off, the Yankees win, and I believe the Yankees won that half of the Subway Series. I believe they won the Friday night game, lost the Saturday game to Pedro Martinez, and then won the Sunday night game. Wait! Wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Pedro's game was Friday. The Mets won the Friday game 6-4. Then they won the Saturday game 10-3. Tom Glavin was the winning pitcher in the 10-3 game, and Sean Henn was the losing pitcher. See, this is why I love looking at games from the mid-2000s, because these names will come up and you'll think, oh my god, yeah, I remember that guy. So in case you didn't know, but I don't think there's any way that anyone didn't know this, today is Derek Jeter's 46th birthday. I'm old! If you follow me on Twitter, you know that I love music, especially 80s music. And last week, I was talking about how lucky 1985 babies are, because they had a lot of cool songs at the top of the charts that year. And I lamented being a 1974 baby, because we had a lot of terrible songs at the top of the charts. And just so you know... The number one song of the week that Derek Jeter was born was Billy Don't Be a Hero by Bo Donaldson and the Haywoods. Oh, and in case you wanted to know, oh, see, Hideki Matsui had a cool song for his week when he was born. He had one of the only cool songs of 1974, because Hideki Matsui's birthday is June 12th, 1974, and Band on the Run by Paul McCartney and Wings was his number one song. I'm jealous. We won't even bring up my number one song, because it's one of the worst songs ever recorded. So anyway, happy birthday to Derek Jeter. Thanks for all the cool memories you've provided us Yankee fans. Now I'm scrolling through Twitter just to make sure I'm not missing any news, but I didn't see anything newsworthy other than Justin Turner 
wearing a face mask with his own face on the mask, which is hilarious. And I think any guy who has that kind of a face, because, you know, you look at Justin Turner with his crazy red hair and crazy red beard and you know him right away. Someone like Charlie Blackman. Well, obviously he should have been wearing a mask. He caught COVID-19. So MLB put out a graphic today talking about combating COVID-19. And I told you some of the stuff that they said, but here is every... God, this is such a horrible graphic. Like, who made this? They should be embarrassed. Anyway, players and personnel will be tested every other day. Players will receive temperature slash symptom checks twice per day. Players and personnel not participating in the game will sit in the stands at least 10... Nope, at least six feet apart. Antibody testing will be conducted once per month. There will be a COVID-19 related injured list, which I told you about yesterday. Any player who tests positive for COVID-19 will not be allowed to return until he tests negative twice. Again, I think it's adorable that Major League Baseball thinks that any games will be played. And I feel like they're going around with rose-colored glasses on right now and in my head, I'm hearing. I'm freezing, I'm starving, I'm bleeding to death. Wow, am I aging myself with that reference? Anyway, as I keep saying, I would love for baseball to start. It would make my life a lot easier if baseball started. But on the other hand, I want everyone to be safe. A few people within baseball, not necessarily players, are voicing their worry about everything that's happening. Sean Doolittle's wife, Erin Dolan, reposted something that was written by Colin McHugh's wife. Says, taking this to Instagram because it's where I know most people will get the message. If you're a baseball player or a wife or girlfriend of baseball player about to walk into a season that the MLPA just about lobotomized themselves to produce, and you think it's still fine for you to be at steakhouses, clubs, etc., go ahead and quit. Don't come. Please don't show up. Some players are high risk. Your trainers have kids. Your managers are 60 plus. I don't give a flying F if you don't think COVID is real. Adhering to the safety protocol is a condition of your job. You are bringing your trash choices to people who are trying to stay alive and do their jobs. Figure it out. You want to fight with me about it? My DMs are open. Please do. Damn, Colin McHugh's wife bringing the fire. I mean, she's right, and it's what I spoke about yesterday, that there are going to be players who won't adhere to the rules because they think they're invincible or because they don't believe that COVID-19 is real, and then they're going to get someone else sick. So this is just a mess. I don't understand why people think sports are actually going to happen when people keep testing positive for this disease. And again, like I keep saying, it's not just old people getting sick with it and dying. There are younger people who are getting it and who are feeling symptoms for months on end. No one is safe. And on that pleasant note, that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode was brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. I'd like to remind you that you can subscribe to this show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On MLB. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. Enjoy your Friday, and I will talk to you all next week. Unless, of course, some sort of breaking news happens over the weekend and I have to do an emergency podcast.
Be safe. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 